that was a wonderful challenge. I enjoyed the singing this morning, trusting in the Lord and oh, what, how we need that uh, here today. Revelation 22, if you find your place and have your place, you're able to stand with us here this morning. If you would do so, Revelation chapter 22. I want to read a large section of scripture here. I want to pick up at verse number 6 and read through the end of the chapter. But as we read through the chapter, a couple of things that I'm going to, to point out and draw our attention to. Revelation chapter 22, verse number 6. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. The Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. I want you to notice that, which must shortly be done. And then in verse number 7, Behold, I come quickly. That's going to be our title this morning. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and, uh, when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Now, interestingly, the book of Daniel, Daniel was told to seal up those prophecies until the end. But now we are told the time is at hand. Don't seal the prophecies. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He would be let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. And notice this. And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according to his works shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, let him that heareth say, Come, let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Now notice again, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Behold, I come quickly. You'll join me. Let's go to the Lord this morning in prayer. Father, thank you. You've been so good. You've been with us this morning. You've met with us. It's been good to sing these songs, Trust in the Lord. And then we've been challenged, Lord, you're good. You're always good. 
Thank you that you have always your good in mind for those that love you. Lord, thank you for this wonderful promise. You said if you go away, you would come again. And now we read in this last book of the Bible, this last chapter of the Bible, this challenge, I come quickly. Oh God, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Would you prepare your people, your church here at Valley Bible Baptist for your coming in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated here this morning. To me, the aspect that comes across as I, as I read through this section of Scripture is what we call the, the imminency of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the, the emphasis here is that Jesus can come at any time. It can happen at any time moment. Uh, in this section of scripture he said I come quickly. Uh, that word quickly means speedily. It, it means with haste. It means soon or without delay. I think this thought is given similarly in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We call this the resurrection chapter of the Bible verses 51 and 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, that means soon or before long. In the twinkling of an eye, that, that means suddenly or without warning. And they tell us that a twinkling of an eye is 11 one-hundredth of a second. That's pretty quick. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ, or the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That speaks of the imminency of the return of Jesus Christ for his saints. Now, the book of Revelation is largely prophetic. We read in this section of Scripture that uh, these would be things which must shortly come to pass. 1 verse number 19 speaks of the things which shall be hereafter. And we're told in this chapter that these messages and this thought is to be presented in the churches. And if we were to go back to Revelation chapters 2 and 3, uh, would be the church. We have letters uh, to seven churches and we are in the midst of that church age right now. It's those things which are the present day. Then we arrive at Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. The first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And I believe that is a, a picture of the rapture. And John, in this sense, experienced what we will experience one day. And that imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ that could happen at any moment. Interestingly, after Revelation chapter 3, there is no further mention of the church on earth until we get to Revelation chapter 22 where this message was to be given in the churches. And I believe the reason being when the rapture takes place in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, the saints will be in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's my conviction that will be the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus. And we'll speak a little bit more about that in a moment. 
Uh, Then beginning in Revelation chapter 6 and all the way through part of Revelation chapter 19, we have the the tribulation that will take place on this earth. Uh, God's judgment upon a a Christ-rejecting world. Uh, The Bible presents the rise there of an antichrist. He's called a beast in Revelation chapter 13. It's also evident that will be a time uh, of horrible details. There will be wars such as has never been. Uh, There will be famine, there will be pestilence, uh, natural disasters and death to where over half of the population will be destroyed here upon this planet in just a short period of time. Uh, Those final seven years are going to be the fulfillment of Daniel chapter 9, one final seven-year period that is given to the Jewish nation and to the Jewish people to bring about their repentance. In Revelation chapter 19, we have the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, this time with His saints. Uh, The rapture, He comes for His saints. At the return of Christ at the end of the tribulation, He comes back with His saints. He puts an end to the battle of Armageddon. The world will be on the verge of total destruction. Uh, He brings judgment at that point. He speaks the word of His mouth, and He will destroy at that point all those that have rejected uh, the Lord. Uh, The beast and the false prophet will be cast into hell and Satan will be bound for a thousand years. We come to Revelation 20, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ where Jesus sits upon the throne of David in fulfillment of many Old Testament prophecies. Uh, Then at the end of Revelation chapter 20, we have the great white throne judgment. This will be the judgment where the dead without Christ, are brought back to life. They're resurrected. They will stand before the throne of God. They will be condemned because they have not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. And the Bible says, He that hath not believed on His name is condemned already because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. This will be the judgment of the lost. And at this point, all of the lost will be cast into hell where they will spend eternity separated from God, tormented in eternity for all of eternity in this lake of fire. Uh, Then Revelation chapter 21 through Revelation chapter 22 verse 5, we have eternity, new heaven and a new earth where the Bible says no more curse. Oh, what a wonderful day that will be. Uh, No more death, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more crying. Uh, It will be in the presence of the Lord where He will be the light of heaven. Now we come to these final sayings in the book of Revelation uh, beginning at chapter 22 and verse number 6. And the Lord gives here some final thoughts in light of eternity. I want you to look at verse 6 and I'll just quickly uh, go through a couple of these thoughts then we're going to get to the crux of the message this morning. In Revelation 22 verse number 6 he said unto me these things sayings are faithful and true. Uh, And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent His angel to show His servants the things which must shortly be done. These sayings are true. They're not fictitious. In other words, it's important to take heed to what the book of Revelation has expressed to us. The day is coming when all of these events will be fulfilled. They will come to pass. In the midst of this, there's a final call to the lost in verse 17. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life 
freely. You see, heaven is real, hell is real, eternity is real. And surely that would cause a lost person to fear God, to long for Christ, to thirst after the living water, to be like the woman at the well and to cry out, Lord, give me of this water that I thirst not again. And that invitation goes forth. It's the final invitation here of the Bible. And can I say to you, one day that last invitation is going to go forth. One day the last opportunity will be there. And that will be the case for each and every individual. Your soul is not something that you play with. One day a line will be crossed. One day the last train is going to leave the station. One day that last airplane is going to take out of the airport. One day there will be no more opportunity. But here the Lord gives that invitation. You see the Lord is not willing that any should perish. And he gives this invitation whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. It has been paid. There will be no excuses whatsoever on that day. In Revelation 22, verse number 11, uh, one day destinies will be sealed. He that is unjust, he says, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. One day the lost will be lost forever. And one day the saved will be saved forever. And again, there's this last call. Uh, that Jesus gives because he so loved the world. Now, what I want to examine and focus upon this morning is a final challenge here uh, to the saved. And I pointed out that three times the Lord said, Behold, I come quickly. That speaks of the imminent rapture. You see, the next major event, and I think we can see there are some weird things happening in our world. The stage is right now being set for these final events of the book of Revelation. And so here, the next major event will be what 1 Thessalonians speaks of, the last trump, where the dead in Christ will rise. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together. It's imminence. We don't know when. The Bible calls it the blessed hope of the Christian. Jesus said, I come quickly. Uh, and uh, then we read that it would be soon. Uh, when the world least expects it. <coughs> he would come as a thief in the night. In light of that imminent return of Christ, in light of this thought, be, behold, I come quickly. Uh, the book of Revelation concludes with this thought. It's a call to be prepared. It's this thought, be ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Lord cometh. You see, when the Lord comes at the rapture, we, if you're saved, ushered to His throne, uh, there will be the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ, as spoken of in several scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. It reads, Other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That means uh, if you're saved, uh, that is the foundation 
of your salvation. And after salvation, we build upon that foundation. If any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 10, Paul put it this way, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive of the things done in his body. And again, that speaks of the saved. Every saved person will stand before that judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account of their life. And so here's the warning as we conclude the book of Revelation. I'm going to come quickly. It's going to it's going to be without warning. It's going to be when you least expect it and you need to be ready for that day when that takes place. How can we be ready? I want to take these three statements in Revelation this morning and relate to you and I what that means. Look in Revelation 22 verse 7. And it reads, Behold, I come quickly. But notice this, Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Behold, I come quickly. Here is a call to obedience. Here's a call to walk circumspectly. Now, notice the statement here. God promises a blessing. He says here in verse number 7, Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Now, that word blessed means happy. It means approved of God. It, it means supernaturally prospered. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed of God. I, I want to be supernaturally uh, prospered of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and leaveth no sorrow with it, the proverb tells us. And it's the blessing of walking in the will of God, the blessing of those that keep his sayings. Now go back with me to Revelation chapter 1. Keep your place in Revelation 22. Revelation chapter 1, there is a similar thought. Revelation 1 and verse number 3. And it reads, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those sayings which are written therein. But again, the statement, for the time is at hand. It is imminent. And so again, blessed are they that keep these sayings. The time is at hand. And so what it amounts to, as we await the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to be obedient children. I want you to go to the Gospel of John and and I, I've told often the story. Go with me to John chapter 14. I've told often the story, but, but it reminds me of this event. Uh, 
I must have been 10, 11 years of age. My parents, we lived six miles from town. My dad mom said, uh, we're going to go to town. And it was kind of a cold day outside and said, when we return back, we want this living room uh, cleaned up. And they gave us some chores that we were to do. And we watched as they drove off toward town. My brother and my sister and I immediately began to pull the furniture to the side. We got some basketballs and we began to play basketball basketball there in the house and all sweaty we forgot that dad and mom uh, were coming back home and pretty soon my sister she was the cheerleader and brother and I were playing a game and we were uh, tearing it up and having a wonderful time but pretty soon the call goes forth dad and mom are here and all of a sudden I remembered we were supposed to clean the house but we played basketball and immediately we hear the cry, we begin to push the furniture together and uh, mom and dad come in and they caught us sweaty, not because we were cleaning, but because we were playing. And there were some consequences, we were caught off guard. And I think here's the warning that the Lord is given to us. He has given us some directions. I want you to notice if you would John chapter 14 and look with me at verse 15 as the Lord speaks to his disciples, and this would have been the night before the crucifixion. Here's a thought here for us. In John 14, verse number 15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. He says in verse number 21 of John 14, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, will manifest myself to him. Verse number 23, Jesus answered, said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he, you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. He gives this clear direction to obedience, to keep his word. Move forward to John chapter 15 and verse number 10. John 15 verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. In John 10 or 15 verse number 14, John 15, uh, 14, 15 verse number uh, 14, he says, You're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Uh, I want you to go to the book of 1 John for just a moment, chapter number 2, not the gospel of John, but the epistle of John, 1 John uh, chapter 2, in 1 John chapter 2, and notice in verse number 5, but whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. And then go back to the book of 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and these are the words of Paul uh, before Paul was beheaded and ushered to eternity. Uh, Paul says in verse 6 of 2 Timothy Chapter 4, he said, I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. But notice, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You see, Paul is able to say, I have the sayings of the Lord. I have fulfilled His will. I'm ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm ready to be ushered into His presence. And He said, there awaits for me a crown of righteousness, but not only for me, but unto all of them also that love His appearing. 
Here's where we're going. Because Jesus is coming quickly, because He's coming imminently, we should out of love seek to keep His sayings. And that's the greatest motivation for obedience. If you love me, keep my commandments. It will be such a blessing when that trumpet sounds to be found at His return doing what He told us to do, doing what He called us to do. Now, I share with you today a burden because as I look at Christianity across America and across the world today, sadly, so many are going to be found in disobedience, ashamed when Jesus returns. And I hope I can get that across so strongly this morning. It sure does seem to me that we may meet Jesus very soon. But I think a lot of Christians are oblivious as to what's happening today. I'd like you to go back to the book of Titus for a moment. In chapter number 2, Titus chapter number 2. In Titus chapter number 2, we speak here of this blessed hope. After the book of 2 Timothy, the book of Titus, verse 11. And it reads, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. But notice this, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, Behold, I come quickly. Here's a call to obedience, a call to walk circumspectly. Go to the book of Revelation chapter 22. There's the second statement. Look in verse number 12. Revelation chapter 22, verse number 12. It reads, Behold, I come quickly. Notice now. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Now we see in verse 7, I come quickly, a call to obedience. Now we see, I come quickly, a call to work. My reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Again, this speaks of an accountability At Christ's return, we shall all appear before the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ. After the rapture, there will be an accounting. There will be a reward or loss of reward. We're not dealing with salvation. We're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and that alone. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. But every one of us, every saved person will appear before Him. Every saved person will give an account of the work that he's called us unto. In Matthew 25, there's that day of reckoning. It's an accounting for our stewardship. And God, I believe, has a, a work for each of us. So there is a race for each of us to run. Uh, not all of us are given gifts or talents. Uh, not all of us have the same calling, but we're all called to work for him. What did we do with our talents? What did we do after we have been saved? Did we gain other talents? Did we bury our talent? Did we use that which He gave us for His glory? 
Now, he speaks here in Revelation chapter 22, verse number 12, of our works. And I want to give one thought about this work. What is that work? I want you to consider with me the work of Christ and what His work happened to be. Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. I want you to go again to the Gospel of John. Keep your place, Revelation 22, John chapter 9, this time. John chapter 9. Notice what Jesus said. Verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did send this man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I, notice this, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And we have the story here of the healing of a blind man. And then we read the testimony of this blind man when he is healed in verse 25. As he gives answer to his skeptics. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, speaking of Jesus, I know not. But here's what the blind man said. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. And uh, what the Lord gives us through this blind man is a wonderful picture of salvation. And this was the work of the Lord. He came to open the eyes of the blind and that's exactly what the gospel does. We were blind in sin. We were blinded on the road to hell. And the gospel opens the eyes and our work is to present the gospel in such a way that like you could say if you're saved this morning, I was blind, I was lost, but now I see and Jesus has set me free. Uh, John chapter 4, go backwards. John chapter 4, we have the woman at the well. In John chapter 4, I like this verse, verse 4. Of Jesus, he must needs go through Samaria. Why? There's a lost woman. There's a soul that needs the Lord. We know of the woman at the well, the Lord presented to that woman the living water. And this woman begged in verse number 15, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. It's evident Jesus went to that well specifically. There was a woman that needed him that day. There was a woman that needed that living water. There was a woman that day that drank of that water, that living water, that everlasting life. And a woman that that day gloriously saved and went back and brought her village to Jesus Christ. But I skip to verse 31 of John 4. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. You'll see the work of Jesus centered around souls. And I submit to you today that our work will center around souls. I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. 
you go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. In this Lord's Prayer, before the crucifixion, I want to read one verse, verse 18. John 17, verse 18. He's praying to his Father. And he says, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. In the Gospel of John chapter 20, and verse number 21, after the resurrection, in John 20, verse number 21, in the Great Commission, then said Jesus to them, Again, peace be unto you. Again, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. I submit to you, behold, I come quickly. The night approaches when no man can work. Uh, there will be the night of death, and there will be the night of poor health, but there will be the night of the rapture. There will be the time when that trumpet will sound, and no longer can we work again. And I believe in light of the Lord's return, we're to be busy about his work. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go back to Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 17. This final invitation. Notice this. The Spirit, and God has given His Spirit of conviction today in the world. The Spirit and the Bride, this speaks of His children, His church. And here the Bible says we are to go. Uh, the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Jesus is coming again any moment imminent. Will He find you busy about His work? See, sadly... They say that 95% of Christians never make an effort to win somebody else to Jesus. We're going to give an account of that work. Will He find us busy, a burden for the lost? Will He find us about His business of witnessing and praying and pleading and preaching and discipling? See, too few of those who truly know Christ have a burden for the lost. And uh, the Bible says we are to go forth and to weep bearing precious seed. And may we weep and may we pray and may we go and may we have this spirit. I must win souls now because at His coming it will be too late. He said, Behold, I come quickly. It's a call to walk circumspectly. Uh, behold, I come quickly. It's a call to His work. Let's look at Revelation 22 and verse number 20. Behold, I come quickly. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Here is a call to wait to watch, to anticipate. Surely I come quickly. See, that's His promise. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come 
again. Jesus cannot lie. He will fulfill His promise. He is coming back. The trumpet will sound. And so John responded to this thought. Even so, come Lord Jesus. That's the cry of anticipation. It was John saying, Lord, I want you to come. I long for your return. I look for your return with anticipation. He says, I watch, I wait, I look, I welcome your return. Lord, I want you. That's what Titus 2 verse 13 says we read a moment ago. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9 verse number 28, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. In Romans 8 verse number 28, We groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. That's speaking of that rapture. See, the saved should long for Jesus, long to see Him again. We love Him. If you're born again, He lives with you. You love Him. You know Him. You want to see Him. It's what Paul said in 2 Timothy, the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. He said, I am now ready to be offered. I look for the Lord. And in Paul's case, it was going to be by death. But then Paul promised a reward for all of them that love His appearing. You see, the saved should long for Jesus to come. And the saved should be living. Go to 1 John chapter 2. The saved should be living for that return. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 28. Reason, now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You know that he is righteous. You know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. And then go on to chapter 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. It is a precious privilege to be a child of God. Behold, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Robbie Robbins was involved in the recent... Iraqi war, I say recent, uh, time gets away. But it's not been that long ago. He completed his 30th mission over Iraq. Went on back to Turkey where he was stationed. Went to bed. 
And in the middle of the night, his commanding officer awakened him. He said, Robbie, how would you like to fly your crew and this airplane back to America? Back home. Your mission's done. Within 44 hours, one of his crew dropped Robbie off at his home in Pennsylvania. It was just after sunup. They told nobody they were coming home, but when he arrived, there was a big banner. And it read on the garage, Welcome home, Dad. How did they know? The crew talked about this. How did they know? None of us gave the surprise. We were thousands of miles away less than two days ago. We wanted to surprise our family. We made haste. Then Rob walked into his house and the kids were getting ready for bed early in the morning. And uh, they saw, Daddy, Daddy. They came running to Daddy, giving Daddy a, a hug. And he looks down the hall and there's his wife, Susan. His wife, Susan, had a, a beautiful yellow dress. Her hair was all fixed up. Her makeup was on and there were flesh fresh flowers in a vase that sat upon their dresser drawer in their room. And he said to her, how did you know? And here were her words. I didn't. Once we knew that the war was over, we knew that you would be home one of these days. And we knew that you would want to surprise us so what we decided to do was just be ready every day. So that when you came home, we would be ready. And we were ready for return. That's what it is. Behold, I come quickly. Even so, come Lord Jesus. It's a call to obedience, our walk. It's a call to soul winning, our work. It's a call to anticipation, our wait. Can, can I share with you here today what our great need is? We need revival. We need a touch from God. Most of God's children aren't ready. We're not like Rob's family. You see, it's a dark hour. And in this dark hour, may God's children cry out and say, Lord, I need a work in my heart. May we come in genuine repentance. And that word repentance is not popular anymore. So many of God's children and the lost world today are walking away from God, oblivious to the fact that the trumpet is about to sound. God is calling us today to repentance. There is a call. I come quickly. and My reward is with me. May we come in deep humility. Listen this morning. There are some of you today, if you were deeply honest with yourself this morning, there are some secrets in your life that nobody knows about. Some things that today, if that trumpet sounded, you would be ashamed in the presence of Jesus Christ.
There are some of you today that you have some bondages in your life. There are some things that you've been battling with, some things that you've told nobody. Some of you here today that in your heart there's unforgiveness, there's bitterness towards brothers and sisters, there's people that have let you down, that have disappointed you. There's some of you today that you're like Lot and you're so caught up in the world today down in Sodom uh, that if the Lord came just like Lot you'd be caught off guard. And here's Lot, he lost his family, he lost everything. Now the Lord removed Lot out of Sodom before he brought judgment. He's going to take his children. But there are going to be a lot of children, just like Lot, caught off guard. Here's what is desperately needed. is that God's children today would come in humility. And just say, God, I'm not ready. But I want to be. I'm not like John. I'm not pleading in my heart, even so come, Lord Jesus. I, I'm not ready for that. I can't say, Lord, even so come. But Lord, I'm willing to come to an altar. And I'm willing for you to clean me up. I'm a little dirty. I can't clean me up. But you can. Lord, would you? Lord, I got some things going on out of my hand. I can't do it, but Lord, you're a big God. You can. Lord, would you? That's why tonight we're going to come in prayer time and just take some time and worship the Lord because when we see how big God is, we see how small our problems are. I'm going to just invite us today to an old-fashioned altar. Let's take some time, even so. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, get us cleaned up. Get us ready. Get us presentable. Some of you maybe worked a job where you knew the inspector was going to come, and so you cleaned up before the inspector came. I used to work at a job, and... Uh, we knew that the inspector was going to surprise us, but we didn't know when, so we got it all cleaned up, and every day we cleaned it up. And that's the idea we ought to have for the Lord. Inspector's coming back. Are you ready? Every head bowed.